As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Howdy doody. How, oh my God. I almost said howdy. I was like on the brink of saying howdy doody. <gasps> I wish I said it faster because then we would have been <sighs> like in sync. Fine, redo doody. it. Ready? We're already. Okay. Three, two, one. Howdy doody. Howdy doody. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even do it right. Uh, oh, Wait, that sounded right to me. Okay. But sure. we'll see. I like how we're matching. I said that as soon as we sat down and we're on video. I was like, we're basically matching. We're wearing very like your solstice, I'm zodiac, mm -hmm. gray, oversized tees. Yeah. And I just feel like this is another example of how in sync we unintentionally are. And it's not because you and I had a meeting yesterday and I wore this shirt yesterday. And so it was subconsciously Did in you? your mind. Yeah. 
It for sure was. I'm just copying you. It's because so I say it all the time. I'm like, Sabrina, you have the best style. You have the best clothes. And I have almost no sense of style. Like when That's I look so at my not Pinterest true. board. Mm, I love your style. I think it is. There's very few times where I'm like, I, I think I look good in this outfit. I really struggle to – I don't struggle picking things out. Like I can find clothing that yeah. is my style. I struggle putting outfits together. I have, so I have that a same bunch problem. of pieces. Yes. It's really hard. Yeah. And also, I also get self-conscious because I am a little bit larger chested. And I really like wearing like oversized stuff like this. And it's really cute from the front sometimes. But then when you turn to the side, it's just like a big balloon. And I look monstrous. No. But Oh, my gosh. I'm learning to accept that certain clothes just drape differently on my body. Yeah. And you know what? If you're comfortable, that's what matters. Yeah. Uh, this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne and I am Sabrina. And this is an encounters episode where yeah. we read your stories that you send into us. So if you have mm-hmm. a ghost story and you haven't emailed it to us, you better get your booty on the computer. I mean, don't put your butt on the computer, but put your butt in a chair and your we fingers on a computer. <gasps> Ooh, type with your booty. <laughs> type with your booty. That yeah. would be impressive. Just see what comes out. I'm like doing little kegels almost right now. <laughs> Just in response to this. I'm just picturing in the future where we can actually take – I'm sure this already exists somewhere. Microsoft probably made it. But like a laptop where you also can use your monitor, your screen to scan things. Oh. And then you get an at-home scanner. It's like the classic put your butt on the scanner and send it off. Corinne, you are you are a genius and I don't know how <laughs> – I don't know how you haven't been snatched up by the CIA yet because – Oh my god! They I don't are know. missing out. But let me tell you that the second I get my hands on a computer like that, I'm sending you a picture of <laughs> my scanned butts. <laughs> I just want like guess who? I would love for a ghost to like start manipulating the scanner and sending things. Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Because as we know, this podcast is haunted, and all the people here the are haunted. haunted. The most and the haunted. earth itself is extremely haunted. Yes. Everywhere is haunted. Yes. In the world. Also, when does this episode come out? Is it before or after our live show? That's a great question. I think, honestly, after it might be a few days before. Oh, wait. wait. Where are we? Oh, okay. it's right right before. You're right. Okay. So that means we have to tell you about our live show. If you haven't bought your tickets yes. already, Corinne and I are going live. We're doing a worldwide digital live stream event. I think I combined a bunch of words that are usually separate sentences, but we are doing a moment with Moment House on July 21st at 5 p.m. Pacific, mm-hmm. 8 p.m. Eastern. Corinne is going to be in Los Angeles. It is themed TGOG Summer Camp. We are your camp counselors, which if that yes. already doesn't scare you, it should because <laughs> <laughs> there are very few rules when we are camp counselors. It's going to be great. Yes. It's also, like you said in the beginning, it is – although I'm flying to L.A. to join Sabrina for this and for us to to film it together seated in a room – you can watch it from wherever. There's no place that you have to physically go to. Yeah. So you can choose the creepiest place to go to. You can choose the most comforting place. You could watch it from bed. Yeah. You could watch it have from a bath. Spooky best friends come over and watch. Get a bubble bath. It's just going. gonna be really fun. Get a glass of wine yeah. or soda or a milkshake, whatever you want to drink. And just watch us. You can buy merch. There's exclusive merch just for our live show. And mm-hmm. it's interactive too. So yeah. people can chat with each other during the thing. So it's very, it's, it feels upbeat and live. We and like might have flowing. some special guests. <laughs> 
Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Just you have scared. to join to find out. Join to find out. Comment below your the scariest story you can come up with that's one oh. sentence long. <gasps> oh, that's a good and idea. And then that will get us in the mood for our little yeah. spooky summer camp vibes. Love it. So join us. We'll see you there July 21st. 5 p.m. Pacific, mm-hmm. 8 p.m. Eastern. Tickets are in the link below in our like description of the episode. They're also on our website. They're kind of everywhere, all over our social media. So get your tickets now. We'll see you there. Mm-hmm. But until then, we're going to tell you ghost stories. And our Patreon donor, Marcellus, actually picked this topic. It is wartime slash military ghosts. So – Which, I mean, I think the number of emails we have in our inbox that are – that talk about like Gettysburg. Yeah. With just Gettysburg being uh-huh. so incredibly haunted. I think there's just this is such a big topic yeah. because it involves so many deaths, which is really so many. Yeah. I mean, produces a lot of ghosts. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I grew up in New Jersey and I went to high school in Princeton and there was like the Princeton battlefield where massive battles during mm. the Revolutionary War happened there. And we would picnic there. Like in high school, we played kickball on the field, and it's just wild to me that you know I grew up all with it all over, all around me. Yeah, and I wasn't really thinking about how haunted they are, but these emails make me realize, like, oh, I was surrounded by ghosts when I was playing kickball. Right, and there's nowhere really that I think you could go that you could avoid potentially running into a spirit like this. Like yeah. I'm thinking, I told you this before, but. Where I'm from in Vermont is very close to Burlington, Vermont. And sometimes when they do construction in Burlington, they uncover bodies still from the War of 1812. Oh, my gosh. And so, yeah. It's just it's like, everywhere. You might think like, oh, this is an old town. It's just haunted. And then you you can sometimes trace it back to a yeah. certain war or type of soldier based on what people see with their uniforms and everything like that. Oh, my gosh. So, so it wild. Is, it's a big, big, wide Yes. Lots of lots of ghosts out there that fall under this category. And it's amazing. There are a lot of people, I feel like the listener stories we've we collected for this. It was like some people go in search of these places and do ghost tours, mm-hmm. or they like, you know, bring their ghost hunting equipment, paranormal investigation equipment to, you know, seek out the ghosts. But I'm gonna start with a story that okay. is from a listener who went to a battleground for a haunted honeymoon. Oh my god. Wow. Okay, so this is – I mean, is, kind of a dream. Oh, I'll consider it. The dream. This is from our listener, Elizabeth. It is called Haunted Honeymoon, Photos and Video Attached. Hey, ladies. I've written you all before, and you read my Duncan story on an episode, which was the coolest thing ever. Well, boy, oh boy, do <laughs> I have a story for you now. My husband and I went away this past weekend to Aspers, Pennsylvania, right outside of Gettysburg on February 29th to celebrate 10 years together, and to finally go on the honeymoon we didn't get to go on three years ago when we got married. We stayed at the lookout house that I found while Googling haunted Airbnbs. Oh, so cool. It was beautiful. We went to a battlefield and the museum in Gettysburg, then after dinner went back to the house to do an investigation with three awesome investigation teams. Within a few minutes, it was clear we were not alone in the room and started to get really cold and the K2 meters started going off. One of the investigators said he could feel someone touching his leg. Ooh, I just got chills. And said, if you are, please make my device spike. And it did. This went on for a solid four minutes, and something told me to take my phone out and take a picture, which is attached. Four minutes is a very long time for this to be interacting with the Four minutes, yeah. Wow. In the photo, you can see a hand squeezing his leg. 
Let me see if I can. Ooh. Can you see it? It's hard to see. I guess it's a little dark. But like, it is hard to see. It's the imprint of the hands around his jeans or pants. Like, it kind of looks like oh my gosh. indented the way a hand would hold it. Ooh. We'll have to put this actual photo into the into the video recording. So oh, that that's a good idea. Like a still, for people to yeah. see better. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that, and then we'll put it on social media too. Perfect. We then went on to use the Charlie Charlie method of two pencils balanced and asking questions and asking the spirits to move it, which it does on demand and on its own, as you'll see in the video. Ooh, there's a video. Oh, so excited. <laughs> Lastly, we tried a method called table tipping. We had four of us around the table and asked questions, and the table would come up off the floor in response. What? Wait. I've never heard of this. We definitely have that. Okay, back in like when spiritualism and like the 1920s was a huge thing, that was like a big practice that was performed. But it was always questionable if it was real. But wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was done by the frauds. Yeah, but this sounds like – But this is real. It's real. Okay. And it seems like these spirits are really strong if they're able to do this. Yeah. Okay. We asked a series of questions and found out we were talking to an eight-year-old girl named Emily – at one point, my lap got ice cold, and I said, Emily, are you on my lap? Shift the table toward me for yes. The table forcibly came towards me. We told her that she could have the doll that was in the room, and we believe she took a liking because wherever their doll was, there was activity including her pushing the table across the room. Oh, my God. She's eight years old. Wait, I'm not sure I trust that she's actually just an eight-year-old I was waiting girl. for that, waiting for that pivot. <laughs> I haven't heard of this before. And it turning out positive. To be good. To, yep. To end the night, we asked her which of us she wanted to sleep in the room with. What? No. No. No, 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 no. How about n- n- no room? How about don't How about sleep with the doll somewhere else? The- put it in the corner in the living room. Like wherever your rooms are not, that's where the doll is. Yeah. And this little girl can is. You, can you guess where the table moved to? In, in her room. <laughs> the table moved to me. Emily, can you sense I am sad because I miss my daughter? Move the table to me for yes. The table moved to me and I teared up. We said goodnight to the others and they, we said goodnight and the others left. And we took Emily's doll upstairs and my husband quickly fell asleep. (sighs) After a few minutes, the side of my face was icy cold like someone was laying, cuddling me. I said goodnight, Emily, and I felt a little hand on me and then the cold go away. Needless to say, it's the honeymoon I've always wanted. (laughs) See you on the other side, Elizabeth. Okay, Elizabeth this whole time is telling us this story, and I think when she's reading it or when she's writing it, she's thinking that we're going to be like, oh, oh, how sweet. Isn't this just <laughs> the sweetest? It's like so scary. And we're like, I, I mean, no, that, thank you. Yeah, tr- truly the haunted honeymoon of her dream because that's what they set out to sort of yeah. do and experience. But to my each God, their own. that is a lot of activity. So much. And I'm curious if they could find out information about Emily. Like if Emily's this eight-year-old girl attached to this house mm. specifically, maybe there's something – maybe she's connected to the house or maybe there's a way that, to find out who she was. And then you can hopefully maybe disprove our theory of it being something demonic because <laughs> that would right. make us sleep easier at night. I know. Also, like what – what is this place? What exact place? We need to know exactly where they went. It's called the Lookout House. The Lookout House. Also, the video Wait, is not for- attached. So, Elizabeth, I'm going to follow up aggressively yeah. and ask for it. Okay, the Lookout House. Because I feel like we should, given how active this spirit is and how haunted this place is and how much her and her husband experienced while they were there, I feel like this should be all over the news. <laughs> 
Well, the okay. House. I'm looking it up. The Lookout House, Pennsylvania images. Oh, there's a restaurant. Hey, that's a oh, it's so only pretty. Only a drive away from me, Sabrina. Let's add Here. it on our haunted road trip. Oh my gosh, it is beautiful. Okay, I'm actually going to add this to the the running notes in my phone because when you and I eventually go on a road trip, our haunted road trip, we're going to go here. Planned in our minds. Well, yeah, we should definitely I go to Gettysburg. Like, yeah. We should. We should go there. I'm going to make a little haunted road trip. Haunted road trip. And we're going to the lookout house. I love it. Great idea. Lovely. Lovely. I also enjoyed that that paranormal activity happened for like the initial four minutes of reacting with the equipment happened because I feel like so many times it's impossible to capture paranormal activity because – or just like, you know, when people see UFOs, there's just something odd. Yeah. Because it takes a while for your brain to catch up to what's happening. Yeah. And you're not necessarily thinking, I need to pull my camera out. Or when you are, you're like fumbling. It's the classic, like, a, a guy with a knife is chasing you and you're like yeah. shaking your keys, can't get your key into your lock. And I feel like that happens so often. And so we miss out on seeing evidence. Yeah. But this allowed them enough time to be like, let me take a photo. Let me take some video. Let me experiment yeah. more with potentially what could be captured here. Yeah. And we benefited from that. And we, I mean, we benefit from all of you guys being haunted. It's the best. Yeah, truly. Okay. Let me tell you. Can't wait. A story. This is called Lost Souls of the Battlefield. Put my mug down. I'll get really, really into it. <laughs> Hi, ladies. My name is Kayla, and I just discovered your podcast about a month ago. I've been binging when I can, and while I still have a while to catch up, I wanted to write in an experience that me and my mom had. My mom and I love watching paranormal shows and documentaries, although I have to cut back from viewing them as <laughs> they're making me very anxious and uncomfortable, especially after my first child was born. Oh. However, I still listen religiously. Thank you. I understand that. I feel like I go through big waves of taking in all of the horror and all of the spookiness that I possibly can, and then I have to have like a Band-Aid rip from it for a little bit yeah. to reset. Kind of like watch, like binge watch The Office or something to right. cleanse yeah. your soul for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> or sometimes you get a little too open too if you, yeah. Yeah. if you take in too much of it. Yes. Okay. I'll start off with my stories. I've never seen anything, but have been in two places that have made me feel very sensitive and one included a vision. My husband and I visit Gettysburg, Pennsylvania a few times a year, and I'm an avid fan of history, and my husband is an avid lover of good food, which is why Gettysburg is the perfect weekend getaway for us. As you probably know, Gettysburg was the site of the bloodiest battle of the American Civil War and is considered the most haunted battlefield in the U.S., Three things happened to me in Gettysburg. Also, can I just point out that Kayla was like, I've never experienced anything. And then it's like, here's three things that I experienced in Gettysburg. Like the denial, but it's like, okay, but here's what But happened. I have, yeah. It's so funny how we like try to justify things in our head of like, well, it wasn't really a paranormal experience because we want to feel better about it. Right. But, but, you're but it was. Us, so. <laughs> so it was. Just like a light gaslighting of yourself. <laughs> The first incident I'll share, my husband and I were at the site of Spangler's Spring on the battlefield. Spangler's Spring was a natural freshwater spring that was used by both the Union and Confederacy during the battle. Since then, the spring has been closed off and a monument has been placed on top. About 50 yards from the spring, a large boulder sits, and carved into the flat part of the boulder is the name of the Confederate soldier who died there. Oh. It is a little difficult to find, and my husband and I got out of our car to search for it. The day was a pleasant fall day. No cloud in the sky, and the sun was shining. Oh, that sounds so nice. <laughs> I feel like something's going to change, though. I, I know. 
<laughs> Upon reaching the boulder, my husband climbed up to search for it, and I stood at the bottom. As we stood there, I got an overwhelming feeling of uneasiness, a feeling that we shouldn't be there. And what's weird is the birds, which are very active in that part of the battlefield, went silent. Oh. It felt as if nothing was making a sound. I quickly told my husband that I wanted to get back to the road where our car sat, and he asked why, and I said, we need to go. Oh. Back at the car, I felt better, and my husband joined me shortly after. He experienced nothing. Nothing. Another time we were there, nothing. So only her reality changed. I guess so. Whoa. Or I wonder if the birds were still, like, per- perhaps the birds still went silent around him, but he didn't feel that uneasiness. Like, his his yeah. gut instinct wasn't necessarily there. But wouldn't it be wild if nothing changed for him? If the birds were still chirping? Yes. Everything was totally fine? Ugh. Well, that's one of the things with birds chirping. Like, that's how you know danger is there. Because throughout history and through time and evolution of human beings, like, we've evolved to associate the sounds of birds chirping and animals going about as being basically, like, safety. And it calms your nervous system. And that's why you're, like, so calm and peaceful when the birds are out chirping. But as soon as they go silent, especially if you're in the woods or somewhere alone, danger Danger. Trust trust your pets. Danger. Even though trust your they're not your pets, the birds, trust the wild, trust the animals. They're the pets of the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They belong to, to everyone and no one. So <laughs> trust them. <laughs> that's how I feel about myself. Belong to everyone and no one. (laughs) (laughs) Another time that we were there, we were at the museum on Seminary Ridge, which used to be the main building of the Lutheran Seminary that was taken over and used as a hospital during the battle. The museum was so cool and historic, but one thing I hated was there were wax figures there that had been set up reenacting surgical scenes from the war. Whoa. Creepy as shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Ugh, I feel like that's not the right place. I think there needs to be a creepy wax museum that you can go to for said creepy wax figures, but maybe not in just like this historic site. Why are wax – wax figures really are terrifying. What's that movie? House of Wax. House of Wax. That was one of the first horror movies I ever saw. That and – Where they clip the – they snip the Achilles yeah. tendon when oh. he's going up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're so unsettling. It's just got chills. <laughs> yeah. It's they are very unsettling. Okay. The museum was so cool and historic, but it was creepy because there were wax figures. My experience here, however, was very cool and included a vision. We were walking Ooh. down the stairs to leave, and everything in the house was original, including the staircase. And as I turned on the landing to the next set of stairs, my mind clouded over into seeing a woman in a yellow Civil War era dress and hat coming down the stairs as well. Ooh. It was fuzzy, but I could tell that her hair was up in a bun and she had blonde hair of some sort. The vision was oddly comforting. I told my husband and he said, weird, and <laughs> continued on. <laughs> that was about three years ago and I can still see it vividly in my head. So it's not really a vision. Weird. That was like a full on you saw a ghost. Right. Yes. And again, her husband's like, I don't want to finish anything. <laughs> weird. When are we going to the restaurant? <laughs> My last experience in Gettysburg was during a ghost hunt with my husband and his family back when we were dating. During the ghost hunt, they will give you some equipment and send you to some public areas in the town that aren't regulated by the National Park Service. Holy crap. We need to do this. Yeah. I was just going to say, this seems like the perfect place to see a ghost. If, If anyone wants to be haunted, 
For just a temporary period right. of time, this is where you got to go. Well, and I've always wanted to use some of that equipment. Like, neither you I know. nor I are ghost hunters, but, but I we would, would love, need people like, to help us. Reader. True. Because yeah, I don't I know really what I'm know doing. How it works. It would like just turn I on it. I would freak that out. Has, like, yeah, yeah. It would just, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, like there's oh my ghosts. God, there's four ghosts Demons. here. And it's like, no, that, that was just the on switch. I want to use, I want to be in the, use the equipment that like shows in like <gasps> stick figure form. Oh, that's so the spirits. creepy. I just want to like dance in the middle of a big ass ballroom and see if anyone dances around me. Ooh, ooh, that's fun. But All then right. no one could tell me that anyone was there. because Until after. And, yeah, yeah. I, w- I would have to know after. Yeah. Okay. We went to the high school, which was being built, and it was discovered that a mass Confederate grave was found where the football field is today. Oh, these poor high schoolers. <laughs> we decided to investigate just off of the football field. We investigated for a little bit, but got nothing. My husband had his digital camera, 2010, I know, and took a picture by accident of the grass beneath our feet. He went to delete it and then immediately gasped reviewing the photo oh, no. and began snapping more pictures. <gasps> Upon review, the first picture showed a wide, deep red colored mark that went across the whole picture. It looked like a pool of blood. The other two pictures my husband took showed it disappearing slowly. Wait. I'll have to find the pictures and share them. Oh, I was just going to say, are they attached? They're not? No, but you know what? I'm going to search. We're going to take like a pause after this and I'm going to search Kayla's email. Here, why don't I search Kayla? You you keep reading. I'll search Kayla. Lovely. Finally, I will tell you about my last sensitive experience and my mother's experiences. The first few years of my life, I lived in a small town near Bladensburg, Maryland, which sits just outside of the Washington, D.C. line. Bladensburg is famous for the Battle of Bladensburg that occurred during the War of 1812. American soldiers lost the battle and fled to D.C., Near the site of the battle are old dueling grounds. I didn't know until I was older that this was there and we'd already moved out to a different county in Maryland. One time we drove back to where I spent the first eight years of my life because my parents were feeling nostalgic about where they grew up and I asked to drive by the dueling grounds. My dad drove us there and immediately as he parked, I felt uncomfortable. I told my mom and she asked me what I felt, just extreme sadness. We didn't stick around after that and we left the area and drove past our old house, which is where my mom had her experiences. Again, I didn't know this until I was older. My mom was up late one night washing dishes and the hallway leading to the bedrooms and bathroom went right past the kitchen doorway to the living room. My mother was busy with the dishes when out of the corner of her eye, she saw a tall figure run down the hall towards <gasps> the front door. Oh, It had come from the bedrooms. My mom thought it was my dad, and when she went to the living room, no one was there. It freaked her out so bad that she quit doing the dishes and she went to bed. She also felt weird and uncomfortable in that house and had a black mass hover over her while she was in bed. What? No, thank you. Wait, that sounds like my mom's experience in our Vermont house, which is also near a battle site of 1812. So maybe it's a maybe common thing. there's something thing? weird about, yeah, about this particular war and huh. the spirits associated with it. I don't know. I don't know if it's because of the historical significance of the area and or what, but it's not the only paranormal experience from that area. On the same street I lived on was the house where Roland Doe and his family lived, the inspiration for the exorcist. Okay. I have a few other stories from my family and from my mother-in-law, who's a nurse, but those will be for another time. Love the podcast. Love listening to you two ladies. See you on the other side. Kayla. Okay. So Kayla, you totally lied to us up front. You have had so <laughs> many experiences and I am, I just, we need to readdress that narrative because you have experienced the paranormal set, quite a lot. Yes. She set the bar incredibly low. Our expectations <laughs> were almost nothing. 
Yeah. And then she was just like, boom, boom, boom. Here it all is. She impressed us, really. It is funny because I feel like when we think of paranormal experiences, we think of the traditional like, oh, there's a very obvious ghost in front of you or something standing at the edge of your bed or just like the traditional types of hauntings. Whereas Mm -hmm. we've learned and we've talked about kind of a lot recently is that people experience the paranormal in very different ways. So like getting visions or feelings and seeing things the way that Kayla has seen them is 100% a paranormal experience. It's just different than the traditional experience. Well, and too, the same people can be in a room experiencing the same paranormal phenomena in different ways. Yeah, like hearing versus Which is seeing. also really interesting. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's really fascinating. And wow. it, it makes me think that, you know, certain spirits in the paranormal have more power than we sometimes credit them with. I think we don't really understand how yeah. spirits have certain levels of energy or or how they choose to exert or show themselves in particular ways. But it is interesting that someone can have such an extreme experience while yeah. someone else can have something generally benign, but like right. still very much a paranormal experience at the same time. Like Kayla's husband, or was it boyfriend, when they were that like the- with Boyfriend the, at the time. Boyfriend at the time. With the photos, you know, he wasn't really experiencing anything else when Kayla was experiencing things, but then he took the photos and saw like the blood pool disappearing out of the photos. Right. So like he wasn't feeling anything in that moment, but he saw it. Yeah. Man, I don't know what I would do if I (laughs) I discovered that, if I saw that. I mean, when I see blood, I faint. So I probably would just pass (laughs) down and not not take any more photos. But Kayla, if you find those pics, send them our way. Yeah, please. I looked. There there was no second email. Okay. All right. Well, the responsibility is on you, Kayla. We are (laughs) – asking you now here's your homework yeah we're gonna follow up with kayla and elizabeth so far we have we have requests of both of you things that we need from you we do we beg of you begging and pleading i'll get on my knees if you need me to i just (laughs) need content all right this is a story i feel like we have a lot of gettysburg stories it's clear that gettysburg is this might just be the gettysburg episode it might be. I did try to pick out a few that weren't. So I think I have a couple, but it's okay. just the, like, that's the thing. It's the, it, just it was so the bloodiest battle. Yeah. So when we're, the majority of our listeners are based in America, that's the majority of yes. the battleground experiences we find. All right. So this is a really fascinating story. It's from our listener, Ryan, and it is called, I might be the reincarnation of the only civilian killed during the battle of Gettysburg. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, girls. My name is Ryan. I've been catching up from the beginning, and I just listened to Encounters 50, and one of the stories, the one about Gettysburg, made me think of this. It's kind of long, so I apologize in advance. Don't apologize. Ever. Mm -mm. Okay. In 2015, my mom took me to Gettysburg for a few days after I finished my bachelor's degree. I've been fascinated by the battle there and the Civil War as a whole since I was a kid, and I've been there four or five times, but never had anything like this happen. A little bit of background before I get into it. If you don't know, Jenny Wade was the only civilian killed during the battle. The house where she was killed was the duplex, and her sister lived there. Jenny lived on a different road, but her sister had just had a child, so she was staying there to help with the baby. The house at the time was on the outskirts of town. If you go there now, just past the house is a cemetery and the start of the battlefield. Jenny had been baking bread when she was shot in the back through two doors, both of which are still there and were never repaired. If you take a tour, they'll open the doors and show you how they were positioned. When Jenny was shot, two Union soldiers were called in and they wanted to bring her body into the basement, but the doors were on the other side of the house. 
They brought her upstairs and busted through a wall to get to the other side of the house. Then they and the family went down into the basement with her body to wait out the battle. So sad. Yeah. So anyway. I didn't really know that any civilians died, nor did I know that there was only one. Yeah. I felt like – I feel like that's a really interesting fact because you would assume there would be either like numerous or none at all. Or none. Yeah. So it's sad that she's the only – Yeah. Th- that this happened to her. Yeah. So anyway, my mom and I were walking around town when we passed the house. I hadn't been inside it yet but always wanted to see, so we went to go on a tour. We started off in the front room, then moved into the kitchen where Jenny was shot. And I had this feeling that something was there. I've always been sensitive to spirits. I have a ton of stories, including some others from this trip, but I'll save those for another email. So I started taking photos of everything, which I continued to do for the rest of the tour. We then went upstairs and through the hole in the bedroom wall to the other family's side of the house. We went downstairs into the living room and there were photos of Jenny everywhere. One spot in particular had three photos in a row, Jenny's fiance, Jenny, and their childhood friend. Side note, Jenny's fiance fought for the Union and died a few months prior to the Battle of Gettysburg, and he had tasked their friend who was fighting for the Confederacy with notifying Jenny. The friend ended up dying at Gettysburg a few miles from the house without being able to tell her about her fiance. Oh, so... Well, I guess the nice thing is that she didn't know – like, she wasn't grieving him. Right. And then maybe, hopefully, their spirits were reunited when she did die. I know. I hope so. So, I looked at these photos and made eye contact with Jenny. The next thing I know, it's about 10 minutes later, and my mom is pulling me into the next room to continue the tour. She said she had watched me make eye contact with the photo, and my face just went completely blank. And I didn't move a muscle until she pulled on my arm. For like 10 minutes? Ooh! Ooh! Like a frozen trance. It's it's more than that. It's almost like complete paralysis. Whoa. Although I, now I'm picturing when people take videos and then they speed them up and it's just like the natural scary Yeah, like wobble. Someone's body. Yeah. I honestly don't remember a word the tour guide said in that room. Even in the next room, I couldn't stop looking at the photo. After we left, I immediately started begging my mom to go back. I talked her into doing a ghost tour of the house that night, so we had the rest of the day to kill. <laughs> I, It's so funny because if, I think if you and I had that experience, we'd be like, I'm not going back. Like, I can't go back. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, definitely not. Or if I saw that happen to you, Corinne, I'd be like, and you were like, we need to go back. I'd be like, no way. No way. No, because then it's like, yeah, because the assumption is like, well, why do you want to go back? What's yeah, calling, what's calling you, back? you back? What's going to happen? I guess there's no negativity yeah. in that necessarily. I don't know. I don't know. Trances. Yeah. A trance is that scary. seems. Yeah. Right. I didn't stop talking about the house for the entire day, and I just wanted to stay at the house until the tour started, which was four hours later. Nothing happened on the ghost tour, but I felt extremely calm, like I belonged there. I had a similar reaction when we left again, and I was begging to go back. I just had to be in that house. The next day, I tried to get her to take another tour since it was our last day, but she wouldn't, and I was pissed. I've never felt such a strong need to be in a place before. I can't explain it. I feel like I feel like Ryan was possessed. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the vibes that are happening here. And I don't mean like a negative possession because like I think we associate possession with like demons and stuff, but I mean right. maybe Jenny's spirit like took over Ryan. Just yeah, was attempting to channel to be channeled to have Ryan. a human form again. Yeah. Yeah. It does make me wonder cuz now I'm thinking of like the the show ghosts and yeah. accidentally bumping into someone or possessing someone or it, it does make me wonder if, if this was intentional on her part or 
ooh, ooh. what if they're somehow uh, related? Like oh. They're somehow their ancestry line. <gasps> Ryan is a blood relative. And or, for some reason, like, she just had this, like, pull. It was like a like a rubber band and she couldn't control it and she just kind of snapped into his body. Or Ryan is Jenny's fiance reincarnated. Oh, oh, that would be sweet. <laughs> but it does make me wish that Jenny had I know. found her love again and had moved on and is not still here. Okay. Ryan says, when we left town the next day, we drove by the house and as we turned away, I was staring at it out the window and just started sobbing. I never cry in front of people, especially not my mom. So this was totally out of character for me. I was absolutely devastated that I was so close to the house but couldn't go back inside and that I didn't know when I would see it again. I thought about Jenny in the house every day for well over a year. I was obsessed. It really does feel like – because it feels like, yes, while Ryan was interested in this house, it wasn't until like being in the house that this like obsession happened. And it almost feels like – he, like like the way that Ryan said that they don't cry in front of people, like it almost felt like a foreign feeling as if it was someone else's emotion. Yeah. Your theory is making me wonder if maybe moving forward, this house won't be haunted anymore. Maybe oh. Ryan is the reincarnated version of the lover. And now she, this, this woman who had passed, the only civilian who had passed during this war, Jenny. Yeah. Wait, no. Is that her name? Jenny. Yeah could finally find peace and move on. Yeah. Maybe this is like the moment Maybe. of realization. Okay. I went back to Gettysburg with my dad last year and felt similarly drawn to the house, but not to the same extent. I tried getting him to agree to take a tour, but was overruled by my uncle and brothers, so it didn't <laughs> happen. When we left town and drove by it, I again felt this overwhelming sadness, but managed not to cry, though I did tear up a bit. I talked to my mom about what happened at the house a couple times after our trip, and I mentioned that I couldn't stop thinking about Jenny or the house. She strongly believes in reincarnation and said based off of everything that happened and how I acted afterwards, she thinks I'm one of the three people reincarnated, either Jenny, her fiance, or the friend. Personally, I think I have some connection with Jenny instead of her fiance or friend, but I just don't know. I still think about Jenny in the house all the time. I need to go back again and see if I can figure things out once COVID is over and we can travel freely again. Thank you so much for reading. I don't expect it to be read on the podcast, but would be so excited. This would be amazing if it was. See you on the other side, Ryan. With Gettysburg specifically, I feel like there's a common theme where it's just immense sadness. Yeah. People just feel so sad and so low being well, around there. So much death that happened there. You're right. Yeah. But it is interesting. I feel like sometimes there are haunted places where a lot of death and a lot of illnesses and, and horrible tragedies happened and they still have this air of spookiness around yeah. them. And like the the hair on the back of your neck stands up because you and I have talked about it where like w- when something bad happens, negative energy out there in the universe can be attracted to that spot. Yeah. And so it's just interesting that at Gettysburg specifically, people don't necessarily report being like overwhelmed in fear. Yeah. It's just sadness. Sadness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that breaks my heart. It just makes me think that there's mm-hmm. so many spirits that haven't moved on, you know? I know. I am interested – go ahead. I was just going to say you go ahead, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would be curious if Ryan were to do like a past life reading or go to see a medium or someone, a psychic, who can maybe without like 
this is my biggest thing. Like if Ryan went in and did a reading without giving this story as a precursor, you know, what would come up? Because maybe they'll Mm. sense like a female spirit who is attached to him, but not necessarily a past life or, or maybe it's, you know, maybe it is a past life. We don't know. So hard to know. Yeah. Almost thinking maybe turning on that Brian Weiss hypnosis. Yeah. Past life regression hypnosis on YouTube. Yeah. Perhaps that would bring something forward as well. But yeah, I am yeah. I am curious. I would also like to know the people who live around Gettysburg, if they see stuff all the in time in their backyards yeah. at oh. night. They see soldiers people with their yeah. bayonets and yeah. Exactly. Just trotting through the woods, I'm sure. So I don't know if this is I think this is a combination of the fact that I just read Layla, the book Colleen Hoover's book. Or because you and I were talking about like shadow, what's it called? Therapy, where you're like trying to like find parts of your soul that kind of are like left. Oh, yeah, you off. shadow work. It's shadow, shadow work, work where you like basically heal your inner child yeah. and all the traumas that have happened. But we were yeah. talking about your friend who does this work and like kind of goes into the astral plane and like finds parts of our souls that kind of came off of us because of trauma. Like right. I am so curious if say like you die in a really traumatic way or just you die and it's like you have a hard time dealing with that. What if your soul can split into like many pieces and one part of your soul is re- reincarnated but like you feel kind of empty in that life because your soul has scattered and like mm-hmm. how do you recollect it? Like I wonder if Ryan was reincarnated or Jenny was reincarnated as Ryan but part of Jenny's soul was like scattered in the Gettysburg area because of the tra- trauma of the death. And so when Ryan went back to the house, it was like this like moment of like, oh, all of my pieces are coming back together. Right. Yeah. That would make for a very interesting movie. <laughs> <laughs> But then also part of me is thinking about like just reincarnation as a whole. And what if what if each life you live, you're just a split fragment of your original Ooh. self and and you keep living life until you can complete out of like a fraction of yourself, complete yourself. What if and make yourself whole soulmates are not actually two different souls, but it's pieces of your souls, both re- being reincarnated and you're finding another piece of your soul. People do oftentimes gravitate to people that are similar to them. So that would make sense. <laughs> Makes sense to me. <laughs> it's science. I'm like, God, yeah, of course. That's that's a given. <laughs> Everyone else who is of logic and, and not totally sucked into our podcast is like, probably not. <laughs> yeah, but like, is it don't know fun anything? to just dive into the conspiracy theories of everything? Because why not? Exactly. The TGOG triangle, baby. That's what we're, we're getting lost. Get lost. Getting lost. Getting lost. Okay. I have an email. Uh, this is called, My Kindergartner Shot Bayonets in a Past Life. Oh, Hi, I listened to Encounters 137 and really connected to the past life story about the little girl who was able to recall extensive details from her past life. I have a five-year-old son who had a similar experience. He is intensely interested in the military. Mm. At first, I thought it was just this cute phase, like when he was obsessed with dinosaurs or Thomas the Train, but things started to get weird. He has been able to recall facts about the military that I know for a fact he's never been exposed to. Like he acts like an American history class teacher sometimes. Hmm. He uses very precise, specific vocabulary, which I know isn't developmentally appropriate for his age. He uses words like combat and siege and squadron on almost a daily basis. One time he asked me to go to a tailor to have someone fix him a uniform. Stop. His exact verbiage. (laughs) 
Because his play <sighs> uniform that I got him on Amazon wasn't authentic enough. Oh, my gosh. Firstly, I laughed about my kindergartner asking to go to a tailor, but I was pretty off-put by the syntax and the way that he used the word fix. Another time, his preschool teacher was concerned about him using sticks on the playground as weapons and referring to them as bayonets. Legitimately, (laughs) he had a meltdown because he wasn't allowed to bring his bayonet. (laughs) I mean, as a teacher, I feel like that verbiage would would be concerning. Oh, yeah, 1,000%. You're like, what oh are you learning gosh. at home? And then also if you're the parent, you're like, where are you picking this up? Yeah. How do you – I mean, I feel like I didn't even know the word bayonet until I was like 13. Yeah. I'm sure it was before I still that, don't even know still. necessarily what a bayonet is. Yeah, if someone was like, draw a picture of a bayonet, I'm sure it would be wrong. Yeah. probably look a little bit like a tuba <laughs> <laughs> right now. I'm not entirely sure what they look Ooh, like. We should do – that's a really fun idea. We should do like paranormal Pictionary on our Patreon oh. one month. And we <laughs> Wait, have to draw for idea. each other and guess what the drawings are. Okay. I'm into that. Okay. I'm into that. We'll fun. see. We'll see how – let everyone else guessed in the yeah, yeah. Patreon chat too. Yeah, that would be fun. It's more just like a test of – Our skills. Draw. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> Well, and we know my recall's gone, so you might <laughs> you might draw a picture of grapes, and I'll be like, "Oh, it's the fr- it's the fruit that that like you buy at the store that people <laughs> feed into your mouth when you're laying on a chair." Yeah, <laughs> grapes, grapes. Yes. Okay. Legitimately, he had a meltdown because he wasn't allowed to bring his bayonet into the classroom, and kept saying, "I need my bayonet, ma'am." <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked him what a bayonet looks like, and he said, "Oh, here we go. We get the answer from this little boy." It's a rifle with a knife at the end. You mm. can stab the enemy if he gets too close. Oh, my gosh. This gave me chills. <sighs> Truly, he has had zero exposure to these kinds of details. I was so embarrassed thinking of how his teacher must think <laughs> I taught my preschooler about historic weaponry. The only military toys he has are those little plastic tiny army men, like in Toy Story, which my do gosh. not have bayonets. And his modern Navy SEALs uniform, which didn't come with any bayonets. (laughs) At the park, he plays war and he shoots an imaginary boys in red, as he calls them. Oh, And he digs trenches to hide out in. This is another example of like the craziest reincarnation. This is true. This is truly a past life. Yeah. How would you know the details without having lived it? Yeah. It's like visceral within this little preschooler. 100%. He can also salute correctly, and he knew the Pledge of Allegiance by heart at three years old before he even went to preschool. I chalked it all up to, oh, he must have seen something by accident when he was with his grandparents, even though it seemed unlikely that they'd be watching war documentaries with my five-year-old. <laughs> Recently, he got an art set for his birthday, and the first thing he did was use the watercolors to paint a soldier. It's just the bottom half of a man, pants, boots, and a blue top with two vertical lines that almost look like suspenders and a belt. You can also see the man is holding a bayonet. He's standing in the grass with red drops coming out of him. (gasps) Oh my gosh, blood. Obviously creeped out. I asked him to tell me about his painting, and he told me it was a picture of him when he went to battle a long time before he met me. He was able to describe how he had to travel to fight but he had to stop once he was shot in the stomach. He pointed to his stomach, which made my own stomach drop. I knew that that exact spot that he was pointing to is where his birthmark (gasps) is that he's had since he was a baby. Stop it. I need to see this painting. (sighs) Okay, well, I'll show you. I'll show you. Let me finish the last. Oh, there is. It's attached. Okay, amazing. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. 
I never gave much thought to all of this until I heard that encounter story, which made me realize that maybe he was a soldier in a 100%. He's still obsessed with the military, but he doesn't want to join it when he grows up because he's too tired from the last time that he fought. (laughs) Attached is the infamous battle scene watercolor by my son. Thanks for all you do. Hopefully my little soldier and I will see you on the other side. Ashley. Okay. Stop. The photo is loading. Of course, my internet is perfectly working. And then it's – okay, here we go. Oh. Oh, my gosh. It's like a close-up. It's a close-up. Yes. Whoa. No face. It's just, yeah. To- it's like nipples down his death. Nipples down. It's focused basically like almost the center of the painting is where he was injured. It was, yeah. It was his demise. That's what oh my the gosh. focus of the painting is, is how he died. This is amazing. This makes me realize, I mean, the fact that this listener didn't really put it together until hearing the story that we shared, I think it was like Elsie mm-hmm. on a couple of counters ago, didn't realize that this is like, oh, this isn't just like a narrative that my kid is making up and I don't really understand it. It might be a past life. It makes me think that there are so many kids out there or parents out there who are like hearing their kids say these things that don't make any sense to them or like it doesn't make sense where they picked up this knowledge. And it's because it's a past life. Right. I think, yes. I think there's there's a difference between someone having a really big fascination and and like obsession yeah. with a certain topic and learning all they can about that, like trucks or dinosaurs or or whatever your child's interested in. That's different than someone having knowledge of something that they've never been exposed yes. to, especially a topic that's not appropriate for a child. Like he's teaching his mom uh, about, about the war. bayonets and war. Yeah, yeah. And then I love How that. How else would he know? He's like, I'm too tired from the last war I fought. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Well, I would I would bet that that was his his last life, that this is his yeah. next one from the past last time he The birthmark. There. Right. Wow. Yeah. I have a birthmark on my stomach too. Perhaps I was shot or stabbed in a war. I don't know. It's right here though. I have like a big one on my back and then I have another one like in my on my thigh. We'll have to look up more of the meaning of birthmarks because yeah. I know that we all one of the like popular things is like oh birthmarks are an indicator of past trauma or like how you how you died in a past life. Isn't that weird but if I that's the think case that, there's- that they're called birthmarks but they're actually technically death marks? Mm. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to start makes, calling them that and be like, so where's your death mark? Where's your death mark? It makes me wonder if if there's ever a birthmark. Like, do people develop birthmarks later in life? Oh. Maybe you're maybe you're born with the one that indicates how you life? died previously. And then if you develop any, that's an indicator of how you will die in this life. Oh. Ooh. You're marked. It's dark. It is. But what I was what I was going to say is there's a lot. I think there's – it's almost like palm reading where – I think the placement of your birthmark also means a lot of things. It's almost like y- your zodiac sign or where the stars and the moons and everything were when you were born. I think it means certain things about like who you are and your personality yeah. and what you'll experience through life and your natural inclinations and talents. Yeah. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to look into them because you and I both have some birthmarks. So yeah, a lot of our listeners do. If anyone has answers, we'll look it up. But also, if you have answers, send them our way, please. I just have to say too because we just took a mid episode bathroom break. But it reminded me as I was walking to the bathroom, do you – when you walk across your floors, do your feet pick up like dust and everything? Oh, yeah, 100%. Stay? Okay, mine too. And Brian's never does. And we vacuum all the time. But I'm like sticky salamander feet. I'm tree frogging <laughs> over here. Like I do most of the vacuuming with my feet. It's wow. so sticky. 
I but it doesn't feel like when wear I slippers touch my feet because of that. Oh, really? I should probably do that too. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, well, I feel like that makes my feet sound gross, but they're they're not. No, you just they're not like damp things or wet. Are drawn I don't know to how you. It happens. And you too, Sabrina. <laughs> the dust just can't. We're just help dust collectors. Can't stay away. <laughs> okay, what's next? <laughs> He's had like the evil like hand come to me <laughs> darling come to me i'm not scary do you want some <laughs> candy maybe an let apple. me tell ghost stories to you in my van oh god this went from like evil lady that lives in the, the dilapidated house in, in the edge of the woods to kidnapper scary yeah <laughs> kidnapper <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this is a story. Okay. Well, this is actually a good story to read for this because it is called My Kleptomaniac Boyfriend Stole from a Ghost. So <laughs> I'm stealing children to tell ghost stories to and Arya's boyfriend is stealing from a ghost. Okay. Hey, ghostly gals. I am new to the podcast. This was back in 2020 though, so not anymore. But I'm so happy I found you guys to help make my long, monotonous days of unemployment a little more spooky. This story is not my own, but being the ghost-encrypted, obsessed freak I am, I almost immediately asked my boyfriend if he had any of his own stories when we first started dating three years ago. And dear God, he did not disappoint. Love it. It's not that he doesn't believe in the supernatural. He's just, in his own words, whatever about it which is odd for a person who seems to have attracted so much attention from the other side. (laughs) Let me preface this by saying, I love and hate this story. I love it because it's terrifying. And I hate it because now, due to COVID, we're back to sleeping in his old childhood bedroom where all of this took place. Ew. Well, (laughs) here goes. My boyfriend, Alex, was around 11 when he was exploring the woods of Virginia with his older brother. Now, this is an area with a lot of random historical shiz lying around. It's the whole, there's an old battlefield a short walk away from my house kind of thing. So on this particular walk, they come across the remnants of what he describes as an old burnt down house. Ghost rule number one, just don't go in there. But of course they did because they were dumb little boys. They start poking around in there, and Alex lifts up a small pile of wooden boards to discover, guess what? A very old and handwritten burnt book. He couldn't figure out what it was at the time, so he, I kid you not, takes it home with him for further study. (laughs) He has a history of kleptomania, but this one really takes the cake for me. That night, he flips through the pages, which are mostly blackened and damaged beyond the point a little dyslexic kid like him could decipher. But he was able to make out that the book seemed to be someone's old journal or diary. Great. Cool. Cool. So he does what any sensible person does in this situation, right? No. No, he does not. He throws it under his bed and then goes to sleep. Yes. This is the man I chose to love, everybody. Jeesh. <laughs> I mean, arguably, under your bed is the worst location you could choose yeah. for something like this. Especially, like, late at night. No, thank you. Right. Um, mm. But I, I also – I feel like I'm with Alex. I think I would have taken it home, too, because it's in an abandoned house. It is cool. Like, I would want to understand what it is. True. True. Yeah. And also, the abandoned house, I'm sure, is creepy in and of itself. So if you're going to explore something and you want to spend more time looking at something, I would feel more comfortable taking that thing out of the, the – 
a haunted house. Yeah. Most likely. And observing it in the the peace of my home. But maybe Not you won't maybe necessarily hearing this story. Right. Because you probably so, just made your house haunted. So Alex falls asleep with this burnt book, diary, journal, whatever it is, under his bed. In the middle of the night, Alex is woken up by something. He says he wasn't afraid when he woke up, but as he was turning over to try and fall back to sleep, he saw her out of the corner of his eye. There was a little girl standing in his closet watching him. Uh, He claims uh, that she didn't have a threatening presence and that he wasn't so much as afraid of her as he was just confused as to why she was there. He thought his eyes were playing tricks on him, so he shut them tightly only to find her still standing there when he opened them up again. He describes her as having long black hair and wearing an old nightgown that looked like it was from another century. She seemed to only be like you (laughs) in your haunt in your nightgown. Well, yeah. Okay. (laughs) She seemed to be only a few years younger than he was. And Alex said, and I quote, imagine the girl from the ring, but this one looked nicer. Hmm. That's you, Sabrina. I, yeah, I guess I do look nicer than her. (laughs) You look way nicer, but I'm thinking when of I you smile. specifically in, in your Samara costume. Yeah, yeah. You were a much nicer looking version yeah. of the original. I was going to say, I hope like Scary out monster. of my costume, I do look much nicer than her. <laughs> no, no. I was like, yes, of course you do. <laughs> Thank you. I was thinking specifically your Samara costume. Yes. Which was my favorite. Actually, Voldemort. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't get to see Voldemort in person though. So maybe that's why right. yeah. Samara. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, she says, but here's the part that really gets me. You know how ghosts do that thing in horror movies where they're standing all still and then come at you really fast? You know, that darting from side to side super rapidly thing they do that is so inhuman and freaky because nothing should move like that? Yeah, she did that. She flew towards his face and then poof, vanished. No, 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 no. And that's when he had a little aha moment and thought to himself, oh, that must be her diary I found. I guess I should put the book back. And then... (laughs) Like an absolute madman. aha moment was going to be like, aha, I pooped my pants. <laughs> Just so scary. <laughs> and then the like an absolutely, like an absolute madman, he falls back to sleep. First thing the next morning, he returned her book to its rightful place and that was the end of it. Well, almost. Sometimes his coat hangers still fly off the rack, but he insists on blaming the cat. He has some other freaky encounters like hitting a ghost woman with his car while driving through the mountains. What? Oh, please Aria, tell us about that. We need to know more. Wow. I am never not jealous of all his spooky tales. Those are stories for another day. Anyway, hope you enjoyed this story as much as we enjoy hearing your lovely voices. Being actors in the New York theater scene during the age of COVID has really had us down. So thanks to the daily pickup as we binge. Stay kooky and spooky. Aria, P.S. Your theme song is banging. That's from Alex. Alex wanted us to know that he thinks our theme song is banging. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wait, Aria and Alex, those are the names? Yeah. Yeah. Our, that's a that's like a great couple name. <laughs> this is this is confusing because I feel like the aggression that this child's spirit gave by basically yeah. lunging at him was like certified horror movie oh, level intense. of haunting. Yes. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, I understand. Like if you you're just you're not trying to stay there for a long time. You're not trying to haunt this new place for a long time. You're like, get my book back to where it's supposed to be. Yes. So you have to do the most extreme thing you can think of to make this person, Alex, realize what you did. 
Yes. Yeah, maybe. Or also like, I don't know. It's terrifying. Don't get me wrong. But we've talked about, we just don't understand how ghosts work. That's like the only thing that we know for certain is that ghosts are confusing. There's no rhyme or reason. We don't understand how they Mm -hmm. work. We can theorize and all that stuff, but regardless of it, there's, we're going to hear another story that completely changes our opinion. So, right. There is a possibility where like this ghost didn't have control over their action. And it just like was Mm -hmm. this weird, maybe it was actually being sucked back into the book. Or, you know, if it's a, if it's attached oh. to the book, it wasn't a I'm coming at you and terrifying you moment. It was just like a my energy is in this book, in this diary. And for a moment, because you brought me out of this house, I was able to get out and I'm in your closet for a hot second because, I don't know, right. ghost-like closets. It's a little genie, genie in a bottle yeah. style. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Or and now you're making me feel bad for her. <laughs> well, okay. Another thing is maybe – The ghost is attached to this journal, this burnt book, and Mm -hmm. she was like, oh, this is a new place. And so while Alex was sleeping, the spirit came out and was like observing, like, where am I? Who is this person? Why am I here? But Alex woke up, which made her be like, oh, no, what do I do? And then her spirit was like, I need to go back to the book. Like, I didn't mean to like be here. Yeah. Oopsie, I was caught. Right. Because then she she doesn't understand. Maybe it puts her in this position where she feels like she's unguarded now and she's yeah. susceptible to attack or or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, she had to get back to her book. Yeah. Or what if she just was so full of rage, she blacked out and that's just what happens when you oh. are a spirit and you're so angry. You just like see red and you're like, bah, and go towards What do person. you do? What happens? <laughs> I can't repeat that. <laughs> my eyeball went so, yeah, it so really... far back in my head. It like hurt. <laughs> I've never seen your I eyeballs think I do that. Strained whatever the like tendon weird wiggle thing in the back of my eyeball is. I think I heard it. I think it's pr- <laughs> you heard it. I think this is proof that there's still an actress inside of you, and you really do commit to your roles. Okay, but counter argument: when you and I had, I can only do it when I want. I can only pretend when I want to pretend. Mm. But the second someone gives me instruction, I'm a shit actor. And the evidence of this is something that you witnessed, Sabrina, when we were having our photo shoot in Los Angeles (laughs) and we were in our spooky hallway and they were like, Mm -hmm. act scared. And I was like, just like, why? Blank face, wide eyes. And they're like, that's not it. (laughs) Okay. But to be fair. How to now? To be fair. Modeling and like posing your face is, it, it gives me so much respect for the people who can do it because it is such a talent. I can't, for the life of me, change my face on command. Like, I – But I would argue that you did, and I copied your face to be able to have that photo. That's what happened. I had to, like, stare at what you were doing and copy your face. (laughs) Okay, well, we both are pretty bad at modeling. You're better than you think. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, I – We're not models. We are not models. I don't know how we got here. Oh, because of your (laughs) – But yeah, I'm curious what this journal said. Like I would love to know because it does seem like this little girl was attached to it, but I wonder what was like in the book, what was written. Mm, Yeah, that's the part. Why was it all burnt? Why did the house burn down? Right. I sure hope Alex actually read some of it before. I know. I know that like the right thing to do is to not read it, but that's – I'm not looking for the right thing to do. Oh, if I find someone's diary, I'm reading it. I'm so sorry. But like – game. Fair game. If you don't hide it properly, if you don't have a loose floorboard that you're hiding your journal in and that I can't find, it's for me to read. Yeah. We'll read it. We just won't tell anyone else 
what it says. The knowledge no. – your secrets will be safe. Yes. Unless your name is Alex and then you must tell all the secrets that were in the journal to people yeah. named Corinne and Sabrina. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's how it works. Glad we're on the we don't same make page. the rules. It's just – that's the world. It's Sorry. Just science. There's a lot of science in this episode <laughs> and there's no um, questioning it's scientifically it. proven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that reminds me. I will – so on Patreon we have – Certain we we make like extra episodes called in paranormal news for certain mm-hmm. tiers where we discuss all the things that are happening today or or just like new to us in yeah. the world of paranormal news. And I was trying so hard to write intelligent in a, in an intelligent and informed way about CERN and the lab and and the new experience. I'll tell you on the in oh, paranormal okay. news, but it was really hard. It, I was like, I don't know what most of these words are. <laughs> You know what? We but we'll we see. make science digestible. All you need to know is don't listen to us, but like do listen <laughs> to us. We are not professionals in any regard. Almost in no way are we professionals. So I guess we could say we're professional podcasters, which gives us you That's know true. a high caliber of um, expertise. Yeah, I think it's uh, <laughs> low qualifications. So because <laughs> anyone can do it, we're proof of that. Can do it, baby. <laughs> Okay, I am going to read you. We're going to venture outside of some of the forts and battlegrounds that we've been in. Okay. And we're going to go to the Mississippi River. Okay. This is called Fort Kaskaskia. Oh my gosh. Kaskaskia. Wait, am I saying this right? I don't know. Will you look? Where is it? Am I I adding extra letters in? My brain is hardcore No, you're right. Kaskaskia. Kaskaskia. The more you say it, the the worse it sounds. Yeah. Right. Okay. (laughs) We'll see. All right. Hi, girls. I love your podcast, and I've been binging it since I found it. It's really helped me at work since I've broken my wrist, and I have to sit there and do nothing. (laughs) Aw. Sorry. Well, I hope you're okay. Yeah. But anyways, this is going to be a little lengthy because there's a lot of small details that help my story. This is not lengthy. (laughs) I've seen much more length. This is perfect. Okay. I live in a small town right at the bank of the Mississippi River. We have a battle site right up the hill about 15 minutes from my house, and the high school would take field trips to learn the history of what happened and visit the graves of Pierre Menard, his family, and all of the fallen soldiers. We were a part of the Civil War, and so many people were killed in action there. And there are so many unmarked graves, and whenever you step there, there's almost a 100% chance you're stepping on an unmarked grave, which the entire fort is grass. Ooh, ooh. So it's just like you go to visit, and you step on normal, like a normal-looking lawn, and there's just bodies beneath I mean, that's kind of what you were saying about Vermont and how, like, they're always finding bodies because they didn't have the time to, like, give them proper burials. Yeah, I know. It's upsetting. Okay. It's about five acres of huge dirt mounds that the soldiers would use to hide behind in battle. And there have been so many spooky stories that I've heard about and about 30 or so that I, I've actually experienced. 30 hauntings that happened to her here. For the most part, 30? it's the same thing. 30. Yeah. She wrote about 30 or so that have actually happened to me. Casual. That's incredible. I know. That's That's a really large number. For the most part. It's the same thing every time, but there's about three that are different and have seriously scared me. The first one that I remember is from when I was around eight years old. My brothers and my parents were having a picnic at the fort, and it was this little outdoor amphitheater, which is really cool. At least it was to three little kids, lol. My brothers and I were playing on it when all of a sudden, 
I got this really bad feeling in the pit of my stomach and started to hear drums, which isn't that odd because we do have bands that go up there and play all the time for like weddings and sometimes just outdoor concerts hosted by some of the townspeople. So I started looking around trying to figure out where it was coming from because it sounded like it was coming towards the entrance of the fort, which was odd because we were on the amphitheater, which is where the bands usually play. I asked my mom if she heard the drums and she told me no. And so I walked down the road and I saw this group of men marching down the road. So I started waving oh. as they passed, thinking, oh, cool, a parade. Well, oh my, my mom and dad came up to me and asked me who I was waving at. Stop. And I looked at them like they had three heads and I told them that I was waving at the parade going by. They looked at each other and then at the road and said, Bree, there is no parade there. What are you talking about? Are you feeling okay? Oh my god! I got gosh. cranky and I started huffing and turned around to point again. And when I did, the marching men had vanished. Now the interaction I had had with my parents lasted maybe 10 seconds at most. And the line of men stretched far down the road as I could see. And they were just gone. Well, that's not the end of the story either. There's a campground at the fort and we decided to stay the night and camp. Well, I had the worst nightmares the entire night. Not the kind where you wake up and go back to bed and they're gone. The kind where when you fall back asleep, you go right back into the nightmare. I dreamt that I was in the middle of the battlefield as bullets and bombs were flying and I watched the men die and I heard their screams of pain. This is giving me chills just thinking about it. I don't remember what happened next other than I woke up freaked out. But my mom tells me that when I woke up for the last time, my eyes were completely black and I was speaking, what? but the voice wasn't <gasps> mine or the words of an eight-year-old Completely black eyes. Ooh. That is My mom can't horrifying. recall what I said. Yeah, that's so horrifying. It does make me wonder too, like what's the, what What do they mean by black eyes? Is it like, does Brie have blue eyes or something and the whole iris is suddenly like fully black or is is everything like the white? I'm picturing the, the whole, whole thing, thing. The whole like thing. Like those black. contacts. Yes. Oh, it's so scary. My mom can't recall what I had said and neither can my dad or so they say. Oh. I've always been super sensitive to spirits and ghosts. And this is one of the dozens on dozens of stories that I've experienced throughout my life. If you want to hear about the other experiences that I've had on the battlefield and throughout my town, I'll be more than happy to tell you. Thank you for reading this if you've made it this far. And thank you for an absolutely amazing podcast. All the love. And I'll see you on the other side, Brie. Yeah, Brie, I need all 30 experiences. Yes. Just one, two, three. All three. three one and through 30. All, all 30. Yes. All of them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. This is so cool because it's essentially like you get to time travel, but you're still in your current space and like can interact with the people around you. Have that sense of safety while also getting a glimpse into – Yeah, but the last story happened. There's like no sense of safety to that one. Oh. <laughs> you're like, true. I forgot. I I'm putting that one out of my I brain. Forgot. Yeah, I'm fully into the parade. I totally forgot about the, you know, the weird possession yeah. guide moment. Well, especially her parents 100% remember what Bree said, but they right. are not telling for some reason. And I – Or maybe it was so scary they blacked it out of their own oh, minds. Oh, I need to know. Just an alarming experience. So alarming. Gosh. But the yeah, I mean – ooh. It is also scary. I mean, it's cool to see these past moments, like the marching, the band marching and stuff, but – it's weird and isolating that no one else is experiencing it, you know? 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're little too. And yeah. I just feel like, I don't know, it's kind you of strange really understand it. that the other kids didn't see it either or experience it. Well, because Brie is powerful, I guess. That's the, yeah, that's apparent, the real thing. Apparently quite true. Open. I wonder if Brie's other siblings have experienced anything. Maybe not in this exact setting with Brie or like that exact moment, but if any of them also have the ability to yeah. see spirits. Brie, we need or if it's just Brie. We need answers. We have questions. We need answers. And we want to know all 30 of your experiences. Well, hello, Leia. Leia, too. Leia demands it. <laughs> Would you like to say hello to your fans, Leia? Come here. Oh, it's cuddle time. Every time it's like we're we're like 30 minutes to being finished. And she's like, okay, it's my time to be in the lap. My now. time to shine. <laughs> All right. All right. The next story might be accompanied by purrs, which why not? ASMR. She's checking out the mic. Look at her little lips. You're oh, so she's cute. so cute. Okay. <laughs> this is another Gettysburg story. The, the subject line is Gettysburg story. And it's from our listener, Ray. Hello, ladies, both human and furry. Hello, furry. It's been a few months <laughs> from when I last listened, but I'm getting caught back up. I had a rule that I couldn't listen to the podcast when at my own home, and since COVID made me work from home for six months, this is the first week when I was able to start listening again. I wrote you once before with my heartwarming tale of Bailey the ghost cat, but now it is time for something a little spookier. (laughs) I have been haunted my whole life, but I full-heartedly believe that my guardian angels or lost relatives have kept me safe. I've had so many experiences that as a child, I just got used to it. Paranormal things were common that I started not to be phased by anything. There was even one morning when I woke up to my bed being violently shaken, and my first thought was to shout out, stop it, let me sleep, and I went back to bed. <laughs> Later that day, I found out there was an earthquake that only lasted about 20 seconds, and that was what was shaking my bed, not a ghost. I've had the same experience. Oh, it's like you, yes. <laughs> I went home that day and apologized for speaking so rudely when it wasn't even the ghost that did it. But in my defense, we rarely get earthquakes here in Maryland. But anyway, now that you understand how unfazed I could be as a young adult, you'll understand my reaction to this story. Oh, bye, Leigh. In middle school, one of my friends invited two of my other friends and I to go camping in Gettysburg with her and her parents for her birthday. We stayed on a campground that they had been to many times before, and that weekend we planned to do all sorts of ghost tour stuff given the area we were staying in. The parents of my friend even told us how they had captured pictures of orbs and photographs of the campground the previous year, and that we would have to go take photos in the same area. Well, the day we were supposed to be taking that photo, We got up in the morning and the three of us were so excited talking about our plans. But then the fourth girl went on to tell us how ghosts aren't real. They don't exist and there's always a plausible explanation. Those orbs were probably just dust. Well, Party pooper. Party pooper. Party pooper. A paranormal party pooper. Well, I'm sure you both know plenty well that it's not worth trying to explain to someone who doesn't believe that you've experienced things. So... We just brushed it off. Later that afternoon, we were all taking a nap after swimming as we were going to be staying up late. All seemed normal. But when we woke up, my skeptic friend was complaining of a burning sensation and pain on her back. I like that I'm excited about this only because it's like, don't be such a skeptic. You know, I do feel bad. (laughs) I have empathy, but also... We but love... You you can choose to to feel this in this story. You're allowed. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We looked... (laughs) 
and found what appeared to be three scratches down her back. As much as we tried to debunk it, we couldn't, even with the adult's help. The bed in the camper had nothing sticking out of it to scratch her. It was in a spot on her back that she couldn't reach, and no one knew what happened. But I did. I told her, they're mad at you because you said you didn't believe in them. You need to apologize unless you want this to continue. So she apologized (laughs) to the spirits and said that the pain and burning immediately started to go away. Soon enough, we couldn't even see where the scratches had once been. That day, she became a believer. Thank you both for the show. I'll have to write in again with more stories another time. Stay safe in these uncertain times. Remember to take some time for yourself this week and throw salt at your haters. Love, Ray. Salt at the haters and lemons at demons. That's what we're doing. (laughs) Wait, that should be one over one shoulder, one over the other. That should be a shirt. Lemons. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's, I mean, how scary to escalate basically from orbs to demonic scratch down your back. Well, that's what's interesting is like, It's one thing for you to say like, oh, I don't believe in the paranormal, but the three scratches does feel dark and demonic. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, I don't know. I feel like when we talk about demons or dark entities, it feels like they attack people because they feel like they're vulnerable. But this feels like it's just like an entity being like, I need you to believe in me, but doesn't have any ulterior motive after that. Yeah. I mean, we do talk a lot about demons mimicking little kids or trustworthy spirits, but- Theoretically, it could go the other way around where maybe these spirits are just mimicking a demon because they're trying to get their point across real quick. Okay, new goal in life unlocked, or I guess in the afterlife. In the afterlife. It's all, it's all, yeah. I used we'll to get there one day. I used to want to be a demon for a day. That's also my book, TM. The <laughs> name for of, a day. The name of my novel. But it's, ne- an, it's an autobiography. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a, me- it's a memoir, just a period of time. Anyway, now I can just be pretend to be a demon. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think the uh, maybe the possibilities are endless. We don't know. Like you said before, the only thing we're certain of is that we don't, we don't really know anything. much about the way the spirits work. Yeah. And if you ask different mediums and whatnot, I feel like everybody gets different messages anyway. 100%. There is no, no one answer. No rhyme or reason. We don't know no anything. No rhyme or reason. Yeah. Okay. I have an email from Eric. Mm -hmm. It's called Playground Civil War Hello Kitty Asylum. Oh, whoa. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, there's lots going on. (gasps) Hiya, ghouls. It's Wednesday, and we just had another amazing Spotify Live campfire stories. And I've decided to share another story with you. When I was in high school, a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to go on an adventure to a haunted Civil War graveyard. I said, of course. (laughs) And we loaded up with our two other friends, and we took off. To get to the graveyard was weird to begin with because we had to straddle someone's private property to find the trail that led into the woods. And since it was close to someone's property and we were ghost hunting, we went around 11 or 12 at night. Mm -hmm. The road we drove to the trail is by a desolate road with sparse housing and it's surrounded by a few mountains and a river. The area is beautiful. So we found the trailhead and everyone packed our supplies. Beer, flashlights, and EMF detector. Walking down the trail was insane. We didn't use our flashlights so that we wouldn't bother the neighboring house. And we were all laughing and having a good time. And there was even this tree that had fallen across our path. One of my friends hid in the shadow and started rattling the tree, scaring the others in front of the line. Oh, my gosh. we all had a good chuckle and carried on our way. (gasps) This feels like a scene out of a movie. I can, like, picture exactly how this would go. They're, like, goofing off, scaring each other, and then things turn. 
it's the classic beginning of a scary movie, right? You're like, ha, 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 nothing can happen to us. We finally found the clearing and we unloaded our gear and we sat in the dark. But the night was exceptionally dark because the moon was phasing out. The only thing that sat where we were was the frame of an old swing. The town I lived in didn't really have any skirmishes during the war other than when General Gillum burned the old courthouse on his way to Tennessee. After about an hour or two, I started hearing strange noises in the woods. It sounded like footsteps, marching even, and they started to surround us. Oh! The group of us <gasps> jumped up and stood with our backs in a circle to protect our backs. We asked who was there, but no one answered. Twigs were snapping and clinking. The sounds of metal buckles filled the night. My friend, who was the biggest dude in the group, who wasn't scared of anything, <laughs> was frightened. I love that. It was as if, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, But that's also when everyone else is like, if he's scared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. It makes it so much worse for everybody else. Yeah. It was as if the platoon had gathered around us and had marched away. We Ooh. could hear the footsteps getting farther away as it crossed the creek and up the hill. Splash, splash, splash. Silence. We all kind of stopped and we looked at each other and then boom, it sounded like a cannon had fired. It was so loud in the still of the night, and I realized that I was holding the EMF at this time, and it was giving huge spikes. This was before cell phones, and none of us had walkie-talkies. There shouldn't have been any kind of EMF spike, but we were all freaking out just as soon as it started. It also went quiet. Oh. And then absolutely nothing. The other guys decided it was time that we just load up again, and we head out. And that was my experience with the Civil War ghost. Thanks for reading. Keep it spooky, ladies. See you on the other side, Eric. And then Eric included a quote from Edgar Allan Poe. It says, sleep, those little slices of death. How I loathe them. Oh, I love Poe. Yeah. This reminds me a lot of Roanoke because isn't the theory, and Mm. and maybe maybe my theory is coming from the American Horror Story season, but isn't there like a theory that there's like this military or like a troop that like haunts the land. It almost feels like these ghosts are very active and like continuously haunting, like as a as a, a unit. Oh, like the way that they yeah, felt like I don't they know. like I think circled. Roanoke them. was the right. Yeah, I think Roanoke itself. I think is the like the entire settlement. So I don't know if it's necessarily military or if it's just like the whole group of people. But right. it's, just, it's almost giving night night like Hawaii night marchers. Night marchers. That's vibes, yeah. That's too. Yeah. Right. Where it's just, yeah, there's there's people on patrol. This is like half of the stories from the Appalachian Mountains, too. Yeah. It's very creepy. I can oh can you picture, Sabrina, if we were if we were just like out having a good time, we're just walking out and we're like, oh, we probably won't see anything, but like, you know, we bring a couple spike seltzers or whatever. Yeah, like, have a good time. time. And then every like this whole noise and footsteps just echo around us and we're like back to back, linked arms, like ah, ah, ah. I would die. We'd right drop there, dead. I think, of yeah, fright. I think we would drop dead. <laughs> we would become ghosts, and then we would join them. <gasps> and then, yeah, we would become one with the troop, and then we'd scare and, then we'd be the and collect in white. more souls. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I feel like Eric wow. goes on the coolest adventures. Eric is also our Facebook moderator, and we've read some stories from him before. And I feel like he just has so many. Yes. Uh, yes. He similar to Bree. Eric has, I think, 30 plus experiences as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a story. And it is from our listener Jack from Charlotte. And it is called Sister's Imaginary Friend was a ghost of a child who died in our house. Hi. So my family moved to America from Birmingham, England, when I was seven and my little sister was three. Our house in England was built in the 1800s, and we were all convinced it was haunted. We would occasionally see soldiers walking the hallways at night, but that is not the reason for this email. 
My sister had an imaginary friend who was the same age that she was. She would talk to her and play with her all day. She eventually told my parents that she used to live in the house a long time ago and that she died in the backyard. My parents started looking up information about the house and its past owners and found out that a little girl my sister's age very sadly was hanged in the backyard by the May Day pole in the early 1900s. So sad. My mom asked my sister what her friend's name was, and it was the exact same name as the little girl that died in the backyard almost 100 years ago. Nobody in our family knew about this little girl's death until my sister told my parents about it and they researched. There is no way she could have known. We shortly moved to America afterwards, and her friend did not come with us. Thanks for the show. Keep up the good work. Jack from Charlotte. How spooky would that be as a parent to find out? Just just like the, the little voice of curiosity inside your head is like, maybe I should look this up just in case it's something. And then to find out that your child is actually hanging out with a spirit. A spirit. But it does give me some validation. Like it, I feel like it would give me some comfort because it's not, you know how you specifically often think child ghost is a demon or something dark. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like, it's proof that it is a little girl who it is. used to live here right. and maybe doesn't mean any harm. But then it also makes me so sad that this spirit died over a hundred years ago and still has not been able yeah. to move on. Right. It's like she's bound to the land. Yeah. It is really sad. This is reminding me of so many. Now I'm thinking of Roanoke. Yeah. And also uh, Haunting of Bly Manor, mm-hmm. Little Girl. Yeah, there's so many yeah. examples of this happening in, in horror films. So yeah, it is sad. It is sad when that actually happens to little kids because oftentimes they don't understand what happened. Yeah, they're confused. Right. But I do feel like I, I love that this family was just so open to it because they're like, yeah, there's soldiers also walking through our hallways at night like ghosts. Of course. <laughs> they, they exist. Yeah. They're here. Yeah. A thousand percent. Can you imagine waking up? To grow up in. Yeah. Can you imagine waking up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and like you open your door into the hallway and then you're about to like walk out, but then a group of soldiers walk past. You're like, oh, sorry. Oh. You you pass first. See, that's one of the – I would want like the predictability of it. I would want it to be every night at 1158, they <laughs> march through or 207 or whatever so that I could time myself around it. Yeah. It'd be really hard. That would be for hard. For it to just – Exist. I would never pee in the middle of the night. It would be too scary. Yeah. Bring a bucket into your bedroom so you can (laughs) – Yes. Yes. Okay. I have one. This is our last one, right? Yeah. This is what I'm ending on. Okay. Well, I saved this one for last. It is called Ghosts Can Cut You. Corinne, you saved this for last? This doesn't seem like a positive story. (laughs) Oh, I'm doing it for you, Sabrina. Thank you. Hey, ladies, this story isn't mine, but it's one that's been told many, many times by the men in my family. I was listening to Campfire Stories when you suggested asking family members for stories, and I recalled that not only do I have a story, I have one that makes me question just how powerful and dangerous spirits on the other side can be. The men on my dad's side of the family have always been sensitive to spirits. I've always thought that it was kind of cool because usually we hear about women having the more unique insight into the other side. Both of my uncles and my grandfather have not only seen spirits on countless occasions, but one of them was actually physically harmed by one. I can't. Oh, I hate that. I know. Years ago, my grandpa went on vacation to visit his brother, my great uncle, in Pennsylvania. Being the history buffs that they are, They had always said the next time that my grandpa came to visit, they would take a trip to Gettysburg. 
Of course, we all know the tales of the haunted battlefields and countless sightings of ghosts and thousands of lives that were lost in Gettysburg. Mm -hmm. So naturally, you can almost guess where this is going. But I promise you, this will leave you chilled and possibly unlock a new fear. (laughs) No. You're welcome. (laughs) As if we need that. I know. Within minutes of arriving in Get- to Gettysburg, my grandpa turned to my uncle and said, do you smell that? It smells like gunpowder. My uncle said that he was just about to ask him the same thing. But strangely enough, my aunt and grandmother in the car couldn't smell it. This is what we were just saying, where it's like you, yeah. you – some people experience and other people don't. Yeah. I'm glad that they at least had each other for the validation there. Yeah. My uncle had arranged for a guided tour for the group. He wanted to surprise my grandpa and really have a fun, history-packed day with the true war buff as the guide. They pulled into the parking lot and everyone began to unbuckle, gather their things, and unload from the car. My uncle was the first one out of the car, followed by my grandpa, and they both decided to stretch their legs and go on a walk down one side of the paved paths to take in the scenery. My uncle began to talk to my grandpa about the countless deaths, the history of the land, and the literal river of blood that ran through the valley with all of the bodies that lay strewn about once the battle was over. So sad. After a bit of small talk, it's so disturbing. Yeah, the river of blood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of like the the picture that was taken where the the blood – it was just everywhere. It soaked yeah. the whole land. Jeez. After a bit of small talk, my uncle notices a man that is walking, begins walking towards them in a uniform. And assuming that this is their tour guide, he thought to himself, ha, huh, this is odd. We're <laughs> early and the tour doesn't start for another half hour, but great. Maybe he's ready for us. So he described this man as wearing authentic Civil War clothing, young 20s, but looking a little bit disheveled and upset. Confused as to his demeanor, he starts to walk towards the man and introduce himself until he notices that the man is slightly transparent, (gasps) floating, and holding a knife that is dripping in blood. Stop. Immediately, my uncle said he just froze. Like sheer panic. What in the hell am I witnessing? This can't be effing real. Kind of a stop in your tracks fear that you hope to never face in your lifetime. And what he describes as a gliding run, the soldier went from being about 20 feet away to immediately in front of my uncle in a matter of seconds. Nope. (gasps) Oh, no. No. This is the worst. At least Michael Myers walked at like a regular speed. (laughs) This is so horrible. Oh, my God. Okay. He could feel the man's breath on his face and the sheer look of hatred but almost the fear in his eyes. Within that felt like an eternity, but it was just a mere seconds. The soldier lifted his arm, and in a downward slashing motion, he ran the knife across my uncle's bare leg, and then he was gone. My grandpa claims to have not seen the soldier, but did witness the wound on his leg. There were no branches or anything nearby that could have caused this wound. My uncle was wearing shorts that day and had on long sleeves, leaving his legs the only bare skin exposed. The wound was superficial and no stitches were needed, but to this day I can't wrap my head around how many spirits were capable of harming someone from the other side. I have many, many more tales from my family and personal stories of ghosts impersonating my spouse, me actual projecting to other states to be with family, and many more. See you on the other side, Crystal. I <laughs> am so disturbed. This reminds me of the story some we had a listener share with us on Campfire Stories recently where they like an arrow was shot through their leg and it was like an old rusty yes. arrow. And there's like just yes. no explanation for how it got there. And it just really makes me wonder like 
if crystals, if they had gone to the emergency room or gone to a doctor and tried to like one, like study, like, is there rust on this? Is there other blood? Cause the soldier was holding a bloody dripping with blood knife and that's what he right. slashed him with. So I'm curious if they'd be able to be like, Oh, there's two different blood types on here. Like it's not just your blood. It's, it's yeah. like, Civil War era blood on this as well, and if they but it's could, even like the concern of disease, like there yes. there was so much going on back then too. It makes oh, Leia took my light. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just the, her cute little beefy body in the middle of the light. But it makes me wonder, you know, like what what could have been? Yeah, what what comes of taking the blood sample? What's what's in there? Uh, yeah, that's really scary though, isn't it? So scary. I'm I mean, glad this it is, was superficial. This is probably like right, right because. The action that that person took, it was like they were deranged. Like yeah. They were, it, was, it was their life. Like he was the enemy and they needed to save themselves. And the spirit was just like, you know, the last ditch effort to get the enemy, the person who's trying to attack them, down first. I just, and that motion seems so extreme. So, yeah, it's very lucky that it's just superficial. Oh, and as Leia bites you. <laughs> oh, wow, Leia. Yeah, she's, like, we don't she's condone like, violence here. She's like, I'm violent too. Yeah, we're reading about it, but Leia, don't get. <laughs> doesn't mean you should do it. Leia, you just ate too. Yeah, I'm. It's also weird because it's like it's one thing where a spirit is like a little like lost and deranged, and it takes a minute. Maybe it's confused where it is, but the fact that it also could just interact. Like, you know, I feel like oftentimes, sometimes you see spirits and they're just kind of like off in their own world and they don't necessarily see you. But this one is like, it directly looked at them mm-hmm. and cho- it chose violence. Right. It appeared out of nowhere and ran, rushed up to them. Which makes me wonder then if like, because we've talked about how time is not linear and how it kind of is all existing at once. It makes me wonder if like when something so intense is happening, if that causes like a ripple in time and that is why this spirit like for just a moment during the battle that they're experiencing real time slipped into present day timeline oh and was just like confused and in the middle of fighting and then you know slashed crystal's family member and then just like jumped back into the timeline they came from right well and too maybe that like going with that theory it, it might make sense as to why the wound was superficial because what if it wasn't even jumping from one person's time to another, but just the two times combining? Like if you picture like a ribbon and pushing the two ends up where it's like, yeah, you know, it, it meets so so closely together that the knife coming towards him was almost like going through this molasses. Like it barely scraped because of the way that time was set Ooh. up, but it was happening oh in real gosh. time. So trippy to think about. It is. This has become more of like a what is time podcast. I feel like we find our way back to it often. It is. I mean, it does. I feel like time plays a massive role in a lot of paranormal experiences. So yeah, that's fair. And (sighs) it is time for you all to send us your ghost stories. It is. Please. Anything spooky, macabre, send it all to us. Heartwarming. Yeah. Anything that falls within the paranormal umbrella, we want to hear it. Our email is twocrossoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. And join us. Get lost in the triangle. Join our pyramid scheme. Ding. Ding. We're throwing up our little triangle sign on yeah. YouTube. Join the pyramid scheme by sharing the podcast with all of your friends. Tell them to email us. Get lost in the triangle by joining the Patreon. We have so mm-hmm. many fun little bonuses in paranormal news, which Corinne mentioned. 
and ad-free episodes and access to live show tickets early, which y'all missed already, but come to our live show July 21st. Yes. We're so excited. Uh, We'll see you on Thursday, right? Because this will come on Sunday. We'll see you Thursday. We won't see you on the other side. We'll see you on Thursday. Yes. Yes. And also thank you to our editors, Aiden Manning and Eric Foster and the whole team at Upfire Digital. We're so grateful. Thank you. Yeah. It's if this were published uncut, it would be way rougher than what you guys see. There were bathroom breaks. There was stumbling. There was, you know, it happens. I coughed every three seconds. (laughs) Anyway, thank you all for listening and take it away, Corinne. We hope to see you on this side, but if we don't, we will see you you on on the the other side. side. Bye-bye. Very spooky. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 